The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the no-bullshit business show dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs to be more successful. I'm coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles, where it's been wet and cold all week. You know, there's two major broadcast events on tonight. Uh, One's the President's State of the Union address, and the other is this radio program. We're glad listening to us. Of course, the great thing about radio is I can sit here with a glass of red wine and enjoy myself. That's one thing that the President can't do. The recent recession has been the worst since the Great Depression, but there are strong signs that the economy is in the beginnings of a recovery. The largest U.S. corporations are using the recession as an opportunity to restructure and become more efficient. In these times, inefficient and uncompetitive businesses are eliminated. Costs are lowered and business is poised to grow vigorously. However, There are many parts of this economy that will take a while to recover. It will be a two or maybe a three-speed recovery. But let's look at the facts. Fact one, labour costs are down 2.3% and manufacturing productivity rose 5%. Very strong. Fact two, companies are refinancing debt at a much lower rate. As a result, corporate balance sheets have risen by 28%. Fact three, corporate profits are close to an all-time high. And fact four, corporate cash reserves are more than $2 trillion, a 50-year high, meaning companies can really drive growth, expansion and acquisition. Of course, this all depends on Europe not falling apart. The future for this country looks great. Unfortunately, it won't, in the short term anyway, help everyone, as with the restructure and increased efficiencies, many types of jobs have disappeared. There will need to be a significant retraining of people in America. But we will be a much more powerful and much more nimble country. Then there's the Kodak bankruptcy. This is what happens if you don't continue to innovate, if you don't stay ahead of the curve. Although Kodak dominated the film market, they didn't continue to innovate and the digital revolution just blew them away. Remember, now is the time to be successful. There are more millionaires made during a recession than at any 
other time. Take advantage of these times. Get committed. Focus on the business. Be innovative. Take time to learn what you need to do to make your business successful. Take on a mentor. Anything that will help you to move forward and succeed. America's always been about initiative and innovation, about hard work and commitment. That is what made America great. This is the one country where anything is possible. So let's pull together to put this recession behind us and get rid of the political divide in this country. This program's all about helping you. I want to do whatever I can to make your business successful. So I want you to write to me, email me, tweet me, become my contact on LinkedIn, go to my website, bobprichard.com, subscribe to my newsletter, tell me what you think, share your ideas with me, tell me all your criticisms, and of course, your praise, especially your praise, and let me know what it is that you'd like me to talk about. Again today, I'm devoting the whole last segment of the show to answering your emails. And remember, if I read your email on the air, you'll receive a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. And it's a step-by-step guide to guaranteeing that your business is a success. We also have a couple of great interviews again for you today. The first is Rick Bernard, who is a freelance illustrator and cartoonist from Chicago who has clients all over the world. Graphics are a really critical part of marketing and advertising because after the headline, they are the most read part of any communication message. So you need to get it right. And Rick is fantastic. I caught him in New Zealand. My second guest is a lunatic, a great guy named Scott Marlin, who hurtles around racetracks on his bike at close to 200 miles an hour. Scott talks about what it takes to be a winner. But right now, let's talk about a couple of the mistakes that companies make that are simple to fix, but if they don't, could cost them their business. So many businesses focus on themselves and not on the prospect and the customer's needs. That is who the ads are supposed to be appealing to, isn't it? Your customers. Why isn't this obvious? Look through your yellow pages online or in on paper or today's newspaper ads. It doesn't matter. Now answer this question. Are most of the ads telling you what benefits you get if you become a customer? Are most, are they telling you about the advertiser? Where they are, how wonderful they are, what they do, how great their quality is, how great their service is, how long they've been around and all about them. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about them and not about you. And you, as a customer, don't care about them. We only care about ourselves. We don't give a rat's if the business goes out of business. We don't care. We'll just find somewhere else to buy from. 95% of ads today are totally focused on the business and not on what the business can do for you, the prospect. 
Take a look at the ads on TV. Listen to the radio. You'll find the same thing there consistently every bloody day. This type of selfish advertising falls under the wasteful category of institutional advertising. Institutional advertising, in my view, produces absolutely no benefit whatsoever. The advertising agencies will tell you that it produces deferred results. It creates an image of the company, an impression of the company in the customer's mind. What rubbish that is. Branding is worth zip in today's marketplace. Brand equity is all that counts, and this type of advertising does nothing for brand equity. Why? Because brand equity is all about the customer, not about the company. At worst, institutional advertising is ineffective, unproductive, and a wasteful expense that accomplishes no profitable purpose whatsoever. Institutional advertising tells you how great the company is, or how old and stable they are, or some other bullshit that no one cares about. This idiocy kills off most of your marketing effectiveness and budget. From brochures to flyers and sales letters to advertisements, your marketing message should let your prospects know that you are concerned only with what they want. Anything about you should always come last. Your customers should always come first. Any marketing documents you create should start out focusing on the prospect's wants. Every sentence should show that you understand what the prospect wants. Until your marketing efforts focus on the prospect wants, your marketing will fail. This marketing fail failure will be closely followed by your company's failure. As I said last week, excellent advisors and mentors to help you avoid these mistakes are much more important than a great product. But select those advisors carefully. A lot of people become consultants because they are hopeless at running a business or doing anything else. So check out their credentials before you hire them. And remember, the good consultants are going to cost twice as much or maybe even more, and that may be important initially to you. But the good ones produce results. For one client, we once increased inbound calls from 70 a month to 3,500 a month with the same advertising budget. So just by knowing what we were doing, we went from 70 calls a month coming in to 3,500 calls a month coming in. Would your business be better if you had, what's that, 20 times the number of calls, 40 times, 50 times, <laughs> I can't work it out. If you had 50 times more calls coming in, would your business be better? Of course it would. Now, it costs a little bit more, but in the end, it pays off in spades. There's no need to spend a fortune on consultants. You know, I work with some of the best in the world, a business called Market Force One Business Strategies, where for just $2,000 a month, you can get advice, by, advice via Skype on any aspect of your business, any time you want it. And you can do it for just one month if you want. So if you'd like more information on that, just send me an email to bob at bobpritchard.com and I'll be pleased to get back to you.
Another mistake that businesses make is that they fail to determine specifically who their market is, where their market is, and what their wants are. 90% of businesses never precisely determine who their market is or where the geographic pockets of their potential clients are or what the customer's desires, needs, wants, and passions are. This is a grave mistake that will not only cost you money, but it will screw your business. The successful marketer can tell you precisely who you're marketing to, where they are, the most effective way to reach them, and what they want in a product or service. They can tell you the age of their best prospect, who the person is, where they are, their educational income levels, and other critical information. You must know who they are, then you can find out where they are and why they will buy and how to reach them. How does your customer buy from you? Why do they buy from you? What do they need from what they buy from you? Think about it. How can you expect to fill somebody's needs if you never take the time to get involved and understand them? Yet few companies ever bother to seek to meet their customers' needs. Customers that are success, sorry, companies that are a success with their marketing understand their customers' needs and attempt to satisfy those needs better than your competitors. So if you want to own your market, find out what your customers' real wants are, discover their desires, search out their passions and their needs. Once you have this information, you will be armed to corner your market. And if you don't, start buying the want ads because you're going to need them very soon. Finally, before I get to my first guest, I'd like to talk to you about the need for mentors. All of the really clever people I know have experienced people around them that they ask for advice. Successful people like to help other people become successful. If you want to know more details about the 15 keys that will guarantee you success, pick up a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitch Your Competition at your local bookstore or at Amazon. Now, don't forget, let me know what you'd like me to discuss on the program. Go to bobpritchard.com, tweet me, email me, contact me on LinkedIn, send me a bloody carrier pigeon or a note in a bottle. I don't care. Just get in touch with me and let's get this country moving again. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes with my first guest. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. 
Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore. Or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, no bullshit radio show. I'm excited to have you listening. This segment is about business and one of those most powerful aspects of the marketing and advertising industry are the guys that put all the graphics together for advertising, point of purchase, promotions and so on. Today my guest is Rick Menard, who is a freelance illustrator cartoonist from Chicago who I caught up with in New Zealand. Rick began as a graphic designer working for magazines, newspapers and graphic design agencies. He's got clients worldwide and I must be up front and say he's currently working on a project from a, for a client of ours who's based in the UK. Rick, welcome to the show. It's good to speak with you. Good, good talking to you too. Um, when I come to you with a product and I really don't know what I want, where does your inspiration come from? How do you know where to start? Or is that just intuitive and that's why you're a graphic designer? Yeah, I think it's a, a fair amount of intuitiveness comes into play. Um, it's usually once I start putting the pen to the paper and just really just kind of letting uh, my uh, flow of consciousness kind of take over and, and see which direction it goes. Um, you know, Usually I'm, I'm pretty, uh, with a few roughs, I, I kind of can get the drift of what the customer wants, and, and then based on their input, I, I take it to a further stage. Yeah. Um, so what percentage of clients come to you and really know what they want um, when they engage you, and or do they effectively not have a clue and make you responsible for their campaign? Um, I'd say uh, probably about 80% of them have a general idea of what they want, whether they've seen something on the Internet or whatever. A lot of times they'll send me uh, samples and say, we want something along this line. Um, so, yeah, most of the times they, they do have a general idea. It's, the ones that don't, it's, it's uh, sometimes a little tougher to just try to come up with something out of the blue and hope that it's, that you're reading their mind, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Well, mm-hmm. I think our brief to you was probably a little sketchy, um, just to fill the listeners in. We, we've got a client who um, has a product that um, uh, is a fairly common product, and what we're doing is differentiating it or trying to differentiate it from, um, from the competitors by its packaging and, and the campaign. And... Uh, we took, I sort of took a stab in the dark at an idea that I thought I'd work and then threw it to Rick. And <laughs> so our, our brief probably wasn't as, um, wasn't as precise as you would have liked it either. Yeah, well, it's, it's still, I mean, you, you do have a, a general direction, so that, that does help some. Yeah, <laughs> good, I'm glad of that. So <laughs> what form does your creative process take? Where, where does it start? Do you, 
Okay, well, generally I, I, I start on uh, the old-fashioned way, kind of old school with uh, pen and paper, uh, just just kind of sketching, and and then I once I have some uh, some fairly uh, tight sketches, then I bring the computer into play. I've got a nice Macintosh setup, and then I, I scan my artwork, bring it into Photoshop, and then uh, and add color and tighten things up even more, and add text and backgrounds and pretty much do everything then in, in Photoshop so that I can email uh, a digital sure. proof to the customer. Do you um, do you start by looking at what else is in the marketplace and where everybody else is positioned or you just um, go from the actual product itself and do you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes I will uh, go into Google and do a search and, and see what else is out there uh, along the lines of of the project that I'm working on that that helps to uh, spark some ideas. Uh, sometimes, um, you know, uh, especially oh, if I'm working on uh, poses of characters, uh, it helps to take a look at uh, some some images on on Google and say, oh yeah, they're holding their hands like this, or I could do that, and yeah. you know. So that's the internet is really a great asset, and in fact, it's uh, enabled my whole cartooning business to take off. Without the internet, I was struggling for years, nailing out uh, self-promotion flyers, and waiting, 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 and getting maybe one response. Whereas the internet just and uh, it's just enabled me to to just take off, and and now I've been doing this for years, totally freelance. So. Um You've got clients all over the planet, and mm-hmm. you know um, people's what people react to and what what they interpret as being funny or not funny or or whatever varies so much um, from country to country. How do you, how do you make that adjustment? Um, it seems that most of my my clients uh, are from I guess you could say the western part of the world. Um, uh, I would say most. I get probably about eighty-five percent of my work uh, through the U.S., and then uh, a fair amount from Australia and in uh, the U.K. So I think the, the humor um, transcends straight across the board. There, um, you know, the, yeah. being, I'm, being I'm a cartoonist, I, I don't really market uh, individual comic strip per sure, se. Sure, sure. No, I understand. Yeah, I'm working on on briefs. And um, so my illustrations transcend across uh, to all the markets that I deal with. So when you're creating graphics, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the most important aspect? Is it planning, design, implementation? What's the most important part of, of that process? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I think uh, probably the most important part is trying to get something that the customer likes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the customer's always right, even when they're totally yeah, right, wrong. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and particularly in the advertising business, right? <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's uh, see my my background being with graphic design. I think that that helped me move into the the cartooning aspect quite quite easily because uh, I, I was working in the advertising end of things for so many years that I, I really got to learn how to deal with clients and. And so the cartooning is just along the same line, but now instead of just uh, moving text around for brochures, now I'm really 
just spending my time drawing, which is what I really wanted to do all along. So that's that's the most satisfying part. It's the most satisfying part doing your original design and coming up with that nailing, say in our case, nailing the the labels that we're talking about. Or mm-hmm. do you get a buzz out of doing the whole campaign, then say right through to point of purchase and and promotional stuff? So. Which is the most satisfying to you, seeing the whole campaign evolve or just coming up with that initial um, concept? Well, I think the initial concept is probably the, the more, the most exciting part of it, but I, I do enjoy then... So it's just adaption, it. right? Yeah, yeah, and once again, that's where my graphic design stuff comes in because I, I know how to set up the posters, I know how to set up labels, I, you know, all that stuff. And, and incorporating my illustrations in it then, along with typography, is, is a real joy. Yeah. Is, is one of the difficulties um, that everybody comes to you and says, I want something different. And you sit there mm. and think, shit, there's not much different out there. How do, yeah. you, how, how do you come up with something different? Are you just sort of weird and drink a lot in the morning or something? <laughs> no, no. I think, um, well, it's, you know... I think people come to me, They, I have pretty extensive portfolios out there on the web now, and, and yeah. people, by the time they, they come to me, they, they've reviewed my stuff and, and kind of know what I do, and, and so um, I don't think they, they come in so much all the time for a difference as much as they, they come in for what I do. Yeah, I know that when we um, contacted you about the job for the people in England, we had mm-hmm. a look at a whole heap of graphic designers, and as soon as, soon as we saw yours, um, we said, you know, the the one particular design, I can't remember what it was. We said, that's it. You know, that's that's almost yeah, exactly what we want, and that's the mm-hmm. reason we contacted you. You just you hit a chord um, when yeah. we were looking at the web. Is that how you get most of your business? Yeah, I'd say that's it right there. Yep. So, People have something in their mind, and then they look through the samples. Because when, when I'm working over the Internet, um, you know, I'm working in a global market, and, and so many other uh, illustrators, cartoonists, are, are also uh, being approached for the same project. So. Sure. Um, I find that, yeah, that's that's what happens is people look through and they, yeah, that's the kind of style I want, and so then they'll contact me. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that certainly worked for us. So when you're brought a campaign by an agency, for example, mm-hmm. um, who rules that? Is, is it their creative director, you know, the creative director who thinks he knows all? <laughs> or... Um, or, or yeah. you as the as the artist or the copywriter, who gets the preference there? How does that balance work? Yeah, it's it's you know it goes back to the same type of thing that the customer is always right. It's being uh, that most of my work comes over the internet. I'm finding more and more jobs are, are coming from single owner businesses, not right. not so not so many agencies now like there used to be. Um, so, um, you know, it's really what that individual owner is, wants. What you know? Um, yeah, one of the, one of the things we talk about on this show is um, a mantra of mine for the last ten years has been that traditional advertising does not work, and the sooner all these advertising agencies with their acres of marble are shut down, the better. So, 
I hope you get all your work direct. That would work for me. Yeah, yeah, it seems that's, a, that's the way, once again, the Internet has empowered uh, so many people now. They, instead of uh, necessarily assigning it to an agency, they, they take it upon themselves and say, I'm going to find an artist to do this for me myself. And, and so that's what I'm finding uh, with same with like uh, people they'll write a, a children's book and they'll say now I want to find an illustrator and they go on the internet cartoonists want it and bam I show up in the, in the search and uh, they contact me directly so when one of our clients one of the people that are listening um, wants a designer for a logo or a campaign what should they look for should they do what we did and just uh, look at a whole range of um, artists and find something that works for them, or how do, yeah, how, how do you recommend they go about it? Well, I, you know, um, I think that's a good thing. One thing that they probably want to look for is, is that I have is um, is a lot of f- feedback. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's that's really in a testament to is, is this person really going to deliver and, and that kind of thing. That's really important. But, yeah, so I've been doing this for a number of years, and I've built up uh, a huge amount of uh, of client feedbacks. Well, Rick, so I tell you what, I'll vote, I'll vouch for you. I um, we took you a, a reasonably sketchy um, brief, um, albeit based on something that we really liked, and um, uh, you've been fantastic. I mean, you've responded instantly. You've been absolutely. Couldn't have been more cooperative. So anybody who's listening, I thoroughly recommend, Rick. Thanks for being on the show, and mm-hmm. I look forward to catching up for a beer or better still, a bottle of Cristal when we nail this job for the client. Right. And you can find out more about Rick by going to Rick Menard, M-E-N-A-R-D, at extra, that's X-T-R-A, dot co, dot N-Z. So I'll be right back after this short break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Radio Show. I appreciate you being with me today. This segment is about the business of show business. It's what happened behind the scenes, not the crap that you read about in the papers or the magazines. And when I talk about show business, I mean it in its really broadest form. We've had actors, singers, theme park attraction creators, gold medalists, and tonight we're fortunate to have Scott Mullen, who raced a Kawasaki Ninja 650 in the lightweight Grand Prix last year. Scott has raced at tracks including Daytona, New Jersey and Pocono. As you probably know, I've had some involvement with Formula One. I was the marketing director and with Indy. And I know just how hard it is not only to be a good racer with the fitness and the concentration needed, but also to generate the funds that are required to keep the team on the track. Scott began road racing at college on a borrowed bike and now rides at championship level. He owns a dealership and the dealership sponsors his racing passion. Scott, welcome to the show. Great to see no, thank, you. Thanks for having me. How difficult is it to get a team together? Because it's not only you and the bike, it's all the rest that goes with it, and then to finance it. How difficult is that? Uh, it's actually very difficult. I think one of the most important things, honestly, to have is a really good support team uh, to get you started and basically having a, a great support side from your family. Yeah. Um, my wife and my daughter go to every event, uh, and so to have them around and um, and being there for me, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier to get everything going. Yeah. Um, How and, hard is it to raise the money? Uh, raising the money can be very hard. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that try to do it on their own. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that scrape by, and every bit of savings that they have, they try and put into racing, and then there's a lot of people that... Uh, you know, try and get whatever sponsorship they can to help pay for tires or for entry fees. Um, so it can be very difficult. And you spend a lot more money on um, keeping your team together, keeping your bike up to scratch, new wheels on tires and all the rest of it, than you can really win in prize money. Is that is that right? Yeah, the, the prize money goes a little ways. It definitely helps for paying for some things like tires. Um, unfortunately, prize money typically doesn't help pay for when you have a, a nasty crash and, and yeah. you end up doing serious damage to the bike. But And what about um, damage that, to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you always try to avoid that as well. Well, I've known a couple of world champions, um, and um, the thing that I notice about them is most of them don't have any um, little fingers. <laughs> little, little fingers seem to be the first ones to bite the dust. Yep, that's that's. Very true. Thankfully, I still have all ten. Oh, good. From college, <laughs> yeah. how did you get, you know, from a borrowed bike at college, how did you get to race at the level that you do now? How did, what was the transition? Well, in, in school, it was definitely more of a hobby um, and, uh, you know, something that I like to do for fun in the summertime. Uh, but as soon as I graduated school and started the business, it turned into more of a way to promote and market the business. And that's really when uh, that's really when my attitude kind of changed to be uh, definitely more professional. Yeah, uh, that's that's when I started uh, taking more care of my bikes. Uh, I, I like to show up and have the 
as clean and professional looking of a bike as possible, have a really nice garage set up, have a nice pit set up. Um, and that's, that's changed my focus because really it's come down to now that I really, uh, am trying to portray my business as well as myself as one of the owners of the business. What makes a championship rider? Um, what characteristics have you got that separates you from all the other people that like to jump on a bike and, and ride fast? What, what is it? What have you got that they don't have? Well, one of the most important things is going to be physical conditioning. But I think a lot of people can do that. Really what separates a lot of racers is the mental side of racing. Um, when you get to the level where you're battling for championships, you're racing against people that are in the exact same physical category that you are. Yeah. Now it's it's how you can outsmart each other or how you can um, keep your keep your heart rate low and keep your mind focused to be able to race at 100% for the whole race. How the hell do you keep your heart rate low when you're screaming around a track, <laughs> you know, a few inches from the ground at some ridiculous speed? How do you keep your heart rate low? Well... Well, to be honest, when I first started racing, I, I'd say there's no way that you could. But it gets to the point where you just become comfortable with the speeds that you're doing, and you become comfortable with, you know, the track, with putting your knee on the ground, with the bike sliding around on you, that, that everything that normally would raise your heart rate, you don't really think about anymore. And now you're focusing more on the actual art of racing, focus on the person that's in front of you or the people that are behind you. Yeah, it scares the hell out of me, I've got to tell you. <laughs> I've had a couple of gold medalists on in the last few months, and they say that um, the most important part of winning a gold medal is that when you're at that level, everybody that you're competing with, not everybody, but most of the people you're competing with, are more or less the same level of talent. And the person who wins is the person who really wants it the most. On the yep. day when you're when that gun goes off, you've got to be the person who wants it the most. Is that the same in your sport? Absolutely true. Absolutely, yep. So, um, like I was just saying, everybody's on the same physical level. It, it really comes down to who can who can push the hardest for the longest, and who can and stay as focused as possible. So how do you keep yourself um, physically and mentally conditioned um, when, you, when you're racing or when you're not racing? I suppose you've got to do it 52 weeks a year. So how, what's, the, yeah. what's your routine? Yeah, um, obviously eating right is very important. Having uh, the right nutrition is, is, uh, is key. And then also the physical workouts. Um, with motorcycle racing, we don't, we don't focus a lot of our efforts on uh, muscle building, um, a lot of it is more on endurance, being able to keep your body going for a longer period of time. Yeah. So a lot of uh, lighter weight, long reps for uh, weight workouts, and then a lot of cycling as well. Cycling is something that really helps you uh, helps you keep your heart rate going. Right. Is that um, also for strengthening your legs, or is it simply... Yeah, it, it definitely helps with strengthening your legs, because when, it doesn't actually look look like it from TV, but for the most part, you're standing on the pegs most of the time, and your butt is just hovering over the seat. You're never really sitting, so having strong legs is very important. Yeah. I was, um, I've had a lot to do with, um, with Formula One, and uh, one of the most difficult things that I hear from um, drivers is 
keeping that incredible concentration for two and a half hours or two hours or whatever the duration of the race is because you can't afford to have one second where you're absolutely not in tune with what you're doing or bingo you run up the arse of somebody that's doing 300 clicks i mean <laughs> um how do you keep yourself mentally conditioned or is that just you know after doing it for a while you get yourself toughened that, that's that's what i think it is i think more or less it's it's been from the years of doing it yeah that uh that's kind of helps uh, allow me to stay calmer and more focused you know when you when you think about how fast you're going or when you think about what you're doing or, or when you think about the bike just slid on me you lose that mental focus um so i just i think a lot of that comes from experience yeah well if if you have a fall and um let's say you don't get badly hurt but you it's got to be enough to scare the hell out of you how do you get back on the bike next time and and go back to being you know fully focused how do you do that yeah you just have to push it out of your head you, you can't let that slow you down because it absolutely will I, I know that several times as i was coming up to the ranks when i was still a uh, amateur uh, a crash would definitely lower your or, or, i'm sorry it would raise your lap times yeah you, know, you could lose two seconds a lap because all of a sudden you get it to a corner where you know you just crashed and and you'll go slower you'll be more tentative yeah. And you have to kind of let those just go away. Crashes do happen. You're lucky that you walked away and, and move on from it. <laughs> you're a braver guy than me. So how do you prepare for an event? When you're leading up to an event. You've got an event next weekend. What, yep. What's your routine during the week? How do you mentally and physically prepare, prepare that week? And also, how do you prepare the bike that week? What? Yep. Well, hopefully you're going into... Um, that week without having to do any crash damage repair and really all you have to do is go through and do some oil changes change fluids and just give the bike a good inspection and and uh, then you can roll it right into the trailer those are the nice weeks um and then leading up to it as far as keeping your body right i always like to eat well uh i typically do some carbo loading on thursday and friday nights before a weekend and then uh as as the weekend is there, I typically eat fairly light because uh, you just don't want to have a, a lot of food sitting in your stomach. Do you have any any rituals that you sort of go through? Do you always wear the same socks, or do you always wear the <laughs> you know the same colour jockets, or whatever? <laughs> do you have any sort of superstition you carry with you? Usually, yes, I do wear the same socks, but I typically wash them before every weekend. So it's <laughs> good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as rituals, I like to listen to music um, about 20 minutes or so before I get on the bike, something that just helps me calm down a little bit. Yeah, I was um, just going to say, is that relaxing music or is that motivating music? No, it's definitely more motivating music. Right. It's just something to tune out all of the noises and everything else that's going on around you. Um, the garage and pit area is a very busy area before a race. And so it's nice to be able to just uh, tune yourself out while you're getting dressed and getting ready. Sure. So what's the top speed that you, you've you hit? How fast well, have you gone ever? Well, that's definitely track dependent. Uh, I mean, speeds are definitely up around 180 miles, 190 miles an hour. Um, one of the tracks that we have here in New Hampshire, though, is it's quite a bit slower. It's more of a technical uh, track with a lot of turns and top speeds at this track here are 
typically around 135. Right. Which which is the best track to ri- to ride? A fast track or a track that's got more twists and turns and bends and chicanes and things in it? If you can make yourself good at a tight technical track, you'll be able to go fast anywhere. Right. So that's typically what I like. I, I like to uh, to be comfortable with muscling the bike around and learn how to go fast through corners because anybody can go fast in a straight line. So once yeah. you once you master that, then, then you're able to uh, go fast anywhere. So you're racing down the straight. You've got you know, a quarter mile to go or something. You're racing down the straight. You've got a guy right next to you. <laughs> you're doing 190. <laughs> yeah. what, what goes through your mind? <laughs> you want to outbreak that person as you get into the braking zone. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so you're, you're in a battle with... Uh, who is going to be the bravest one and who's going to wait the longest before you get off the gas and get on the brakes? <laughs> <laughs> Scott, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I think you're a maniac, oh, but that's all right. Um, now, if you'd like well, thank to contact, you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, if you'd like to contact Scott, maybe provide him with some sponsorship or whatever, you can contact him at scott at svm hyphen nh.com that's scott at svm hyphen nh.com and i'll be right back after this short break with answers to your emails from last week the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, No Bullshit Business Radio Show. Coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. I've had a number of people comment that um, I sound like an Aussie. Well, I am an Aussie. Um, I came out here 25 years ago, and um, I'm a citizen, and I love it. I still travel around the world a lot with speech, but, um, yep, anybody who thinks I've had people say that i'm from new zealand and england and south africa and all over the place but no 
I'm an Aussie at heart and um, love it here. Due to the great response we had last week, oh, incidentally, the um, I thought the president was on at five o'clock, but the uh, State of the Union's now on at six o'clock. I guess he just simply didn't want to go head to head with me, and I understand that. Um, so due to the great response I had last week to um, the email segment, I'm going to devote the whole of this last segment to emails and answering some of your questions. I think the reason that this segment's so popular is that we all have the same issues. It, it doesn't matter whether you're in retail or whether you've got a manufacturing business, whether you're a plumber or a painter or running an auto repair shop. We all confront the same challenges. So even though I might be answering an email from a hairdresser, the answer will most likely also apply to you in your business. And don't forget, if I read your email on air, I'll send you out a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Pitch Your Competition. And this gives you the 15 invaluable keys required to make any business a success, step-by-step, really simple to implement. And if it doesn't change your business and doesn't change the way you do business, send me me an email to bobdebobpritchard.com and uh, I'll refund your money, send you an extra set of tapes or something, and you get to keep the book. So how about that? That's pretty fair. My first email today is from John Roberts, who's in Phoenix, Arizona. John, that's just down the road from our studios in in Tempe, so you can't be more than a few miles away. John writes, Dear Bob, listen each week because I get so much useful... Hard to speak. Dear Bob, listen each week because I get so much useful information from your program. My problem is that I work hard and long hours, and yet I always have so much still to do. Yet little of it seems to be productive in making any money. What am I doing wrong? John, it is very difficult to really focus on what it is that makes you a profit. There are always so many distractions, so many emails, so many phone calls, all sorts of other stuff to distract you. So two small things that may help you. Firstly, focus on things that are important to making money and the growing your business. Leave all the other stuff until you've got time. And if you don't have time, you'll find that it really isn't important anyway. Makes no difference whether you do it or not. Secondly, at the end of each day, write down a list of the things you did today that actually made you money. So sit down at 6 o'clock or whatever time you finish and think, today, what did I actually do that made me some money? You'll be surprised at how often you've busted your ass all day and you can't come up with one thing that's actually made you any money. And don't forget, business is about making money. I mean, it's about a lot of other things as well, but if you don't make money, you've got nothing happening. Thanks, John. Remember that this show is aimed at all business people and the same rules apply no matter what the nature of the business or its size. This show is about helping you be more successful. John, my new book is on its way to you. Our second email is from Margaret Hayes, who has a hairdressing salon in Amherst, New York. Margaret writes, great show, Bob, very informative. I also bought your book, and for a small business, it's really easy to follow. I'm enjoying it. You have a great chapter on added value, but I'm still not sure how to add value for clients to come to my salon. Can you give me a few pointers on what I can do? It would be great 
if we could have someone like you come and do a workshop here. Do you do that? The experts don't seem to come to smaller towns to do workshops, and we need your sort of guidance, so I'm sure you would get a huge turnout. Okay, Margaret, let's take these one at a time. Let's look at added value first. There are really dozens of things you can do. You could get customers to call on approach to the salon, for example, and get a junior to run out and park their car for them. It'll take a couple of minutes, and at a junior's wage, it would cost you practically nothing. Or you could make an appointments to go to their home or business, perhaps after hours, if they're unable to get to the salon, providing enormous convenience. Margaret, you've got to have a database of all of your clients with details of their birthdays and all their anniversaries so that you can send them a special offer on their special day as an add-on to what they normally would have done. Maybe you could buy a coffee machine and give them a cappuccino or a latte when they sit down or give them a couple of bonus movie tickets. You could also hire a, um, I'm not sure what you call them, but a person that does nails um, and um, invite your regular customers to come in on you know, the last Wednesday of the month and they get their normal appointment as well as having their nails done free as a bonus. I'm sure that a nail person to come to the salon for a day um, amortised across all your customers would be probably pretty cheap and people love to think that they feel special. There's just a couple of things off the top of my head that you could do. Um, now, as far as coming to Amherst for a workshop, with my schedule, that's pretty difficult. When I all, you know, I get a lot of emails like yours, small businesses needing advice but not able to afford either a full-time marketer or a full-time whatever um, and even not able to uh, afford a consultant. So that's one of the reasons that we set up um, this Skype consultancy that we've got where companies can pay $2,000 a month and you can get onto Skype, talk face-to-face -face with us as often as you want um, for about any problem that you have in any aspect of your business for just two grand a month. And, um, you know, if you went and hired a good marketing person, it's probably going to cost you 100000 And um, good consultants, if you ring to get me to consult for a day, it's going to cost you ten grand. So for 2000 a month, it, it works out pretty good. So any business can add value to their clients. You just have to put yourself in your client's shoes. You need to think like they do. So pretend that you're a client for a minute. I'm going to a hairdressing salon. What is it that you could do for me that would make me feel special? You know, you could you could give people those um, nail files with your name on them and your phone number. It wouldn't cost you much for a set of Emery boards. And, you know, all those sorts of things just make a difference. It's not the value of the gift. It's the fact that you're doing it. You just need to do something that differentiates you from your competitors in the next street. So you need to create things that are a little bit different. You know, added value doesn't cost you much, makes you feel good, and it'll get you a customer for life. And more importantly, it'll get word of mouth going for you. You know, people that come in will go and tell their friends, and they'll tell their friends. And this is a really powerful way to build your business, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper than advertising. Margaret, as you already have my book, and thank you for that, I'll send you a set of CDs that I'm sure that you'll enjoy instead. 
My final email today comes from Michael Wesley from Hackensack, New Jersey. Michael's email reads, Last week you talked about spending time working on your business and not in it. What do you mean by that? Incidentally, I love your show. It's very informative and I keep coming up with questions I want to ask you. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate your comments. There's an old saying that my mother used to use. It, it went along the lines of, don't just stand there, do something. Well, today, it's important to not just do something, but to stand there. Every day, you should be putting aside half an hour to think about your business. You know, think about every aspect. What works, what doesn't, what could be improved. What processes do we use that could be better? How we can simplify them and improve them. Think about how we can have a better impact on our customers. How we can add value and build customers for life. The problem is we're too busy doing the things in the business that we forget to work on making the business better. You know, we, we, we need to go in boots and all and you need to think about your business. One of the things that, um, we do, and uh, particularly when we had a, a big company, I do a lot more individual consulting now, but when I had a big company, we used to have a meeting every Monday morning at um, 8 o'clock for an hour, and everybody came. It didn't matter whether you were um, a receptionist or whether you're a graphics guy or what the hell you were, and we used to listen to a, a CD by somebody. Um, for example, we'd listen to Peter Thompson's great book on communications and NLP, we talk about how we could use that information to help our business and how we could use that information to help a client. And it really made an enormous difference. You want to get everybody's input into how we can do better. So don't forget, if I answer your email on air, I'll send you a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz a Competition. Michael, you will receive it in the post very soon. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. So visit my website at bobpritchard.com, sign up for my newsletter, email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn and tell me what it is that you want to talk about. That's it from me today. This is Bob Pritchard and I look forward to being here again this time next week. Good night. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.